Hello and welcome back to Epiphanies with Elango. We are recording virtual, but I'm in Bami, Houston today. After over a year of being pooped up at home, yeah, I am starting to travel and meet people in person. And let me tell you, it's wonderful. I never thought meeting in person would be so great. Today, we've got Anup Nair uh, as our guest. Anup's our chief architect and emphasis, and is a highly sought after personality by companies that are at various stages of their technology transformation. We're both emphasis dinosaurs, though he's far from extinct. I can't say for myself. Anup, welcome to the show. Are you ready for your first question? Yes, Ilango, thank you. Thank you, guys. Hi. Hello, everyone. I'm ready. Shoot it. Excellent. So, you know, Anup, everybody, their uncle and neighbor is talking about digital transformation within inverted uh, quotes. It seems like the ever-present hashtag version of middle-aged corporate citizens. What is your take on this ubiquitous term that seems to mean everything and yet nothing? Um, interesting question. So, um, Ilango, the way I think about it, I mean, people say every business is a digital business. I have a slight twist to that whole thinking, right? I think of it slightly differently. I feel every business is a experience business, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, um, it is the primary responsibility or duty of a company today in today's world to be able to create that experience, great experiences to their for their customers. Now, when I say great experiences, they have to be contextual, they have to be personalized, they have to be situational, situational experiences. Um, do you agree with that? I mean, what do you think? Uh, experience, I agree that experience is the most important part because you and I know this adage that people don't remember what you said, how much they paid, uh, they remember how you treated them and how they feel when using the product. Um, just a bit of a clarification question, Anup. Is that applied to every business? I mean, they, somebody could say, oh, I'm not a consumer business, so experience doesn't matter. Yes, I think it is applied to every business. But I have a, um, if I if I go a little bit detailed, uh, deeper into that thought of every business is an experience business, um, let's think of it this way, right? I feel um, every business is in the business of creating experiences for their customers. Yes, we all agree to that fact. And I think every business will, every company will agree to that. But in today's world, consumers are not just recipients of customer experience. Consumers are co-creators of experience. Mm-hmm. We should start looking at things in with this lens on. Take example of the most famous Uber, right? The 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 example that there are riders and there are drivers. Mm-hmm. They they come together and they create the experience while exchanging value. That's the reality of today's world. And what does Uber do? Uber just offers a platform so that they could create the experience, so that they can create the experience. So Uber is in the business of enabling experience, not just creating experience but also enabling creation of experience, right? I think that's 
that's that's a very interesting way of looking at this this concept is also very well known today as a as platform business model right and you'll see the top eight companies most top eight most valued companies today are platform businesses which is not the case 10 years back i mean today the situation is completely different every business is a platform business and is in the business of enabling experiences when people when participants exchange value that's how i think about thing ilango fantastic uh, crisp and crystal clear as always and i love what you said that um, companies are in the business of enabling experiences and co-creating with consumers and other participants in the ecosystem and i think that gives a little better feel of digital transformation um uh, for our uh, listeners i hope, hope it does for me and one of the things that i also liked about um what you said is you kind of deep dived into that whole platform mm-hmm. and and companies treating themselves as platforms enabling experiences and we all know and every cio cxo listening to this will know a platform valuation is probably 10x more than a service valuation so that's something any ceo or private equity person watching should make sure they keep in mind when they talk about digital transformation absolutely in fact in fact just to add on that thought right most um uh, competition right even today's world it's not com- competition a like a company a competing with company b it's ecosystem a competing with ecosystem b so you're essentially creating an ecosystem with participants in it so the apple apple's app store is competing with the android app store it's not it's it's really a much yeah. bigger thing you're right absolutely you know and i think you and i can now stretch this quite a bit uh, considering that we worked together for so long and we love this i'm going to come back to where we started um, uh, anup uh, if we agree that hey digital transformation yes it's it's what's needed but it's all about experience and it's about enabling experience and creating those platforms and you know i'm i'm a simple person unlike you um because you like you know you're a technologist uh i'm a business generalist so i want to if you were to boil this down and i know you hate this question but i'm still going to ask it if you were to boil this down to say get this one thing right mr or miss company and your experience will happen better oh. cuz you and i know uh, yeah go ahead i i i wish it if it were that easy right i mean get this one thing right <laughs> and uh, you will be able to transform experience uh, let me let me um, let me uh, take the question and uh, see it's very easy for a cloud born business to you know become the platform business and deliver those experiences because they don't have legacy right on the other hand um, as you know most of our customers are traditional uh, businesses traditional run traditional business models um it's extremely challenging for them to get to that bandwagon of uh, delivering great experience or enabling great experiences and i'm I, and i and i'll tell you right every customer of ours you know it very well knows this problem they are dealing with it in multiple ways right um i think if there were one thing to to uh, go back to your question that that needs to be taken care of it's data it's data 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 
right? Data is probably the most important element in the mix of things. There are many things to play, take care of, but data is, if you get data right, you probably get most of it right. Okay, so let, let me- let So me data is, you know, it's strange. I'm in the um, oil world uh, in Houston and you talk about data. Data is, everybody calls it the new oil, correct? Maybe mm -hmm. serendipitously, that's why I'm in Houston today. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and I, you know, I, I, I understand. So if, if, if our lives were so simple, Anup, I mean, you and I, while we work with companies and help them get their ecosystems a better experience, mm -hmm. we know that's not the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you go out and buy insurance, when you bank, uh, or even when you deal with, um, with these so-called new age app-based companies. While they get the platform right, um, you could get products that you have no, you know, I'm, I'm a keto, my new fad is keto diet. Mm -hmm. And um, you give me um, sumptuous uh, desserts in mm -hmm. my buy this one, you definitely haven't got your data right. Yes, absolutely. So, what is it that uh, companies are doing wrong that they're not able to pick up this one piece and um, and not get it right? Are they doing wrong, or is that an inherent challenge? I'd love to hear more. More, more than more than uh, being wrong, I think there are challenges that real life challenges that they are dealing with. I'm talking about the traditional uh, businesses here. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the biggest challenge I see, uh, and in most of the cases, is that the, the data systems that uh, these enterprises have, uh, they're the 20 years old, 25 years old, right? Um, and, and it's organically grown in a lot of cases. Um, what's happening is that these systems are built for fixed capacity and fixed use cases. Okay. Um, it, what I mean by that is they are not flexible, they, are not, they cannot grow. Today, you need the ability, in today's world, you need the ability to keep on adding data sources so you can make decisions at real time and deliver those experiences. Now, that is impossible in today's world, which is why you see a lot of these modernization programs going on, right? Now, I'll give you an ex experience, a real-life experience that I think uh, will be very relevant uh, to explain this situation. Now there is a uh, there is a large medical equipment uh, manufacturing and distribution company uh, who we work for, who we we have um, uh, been providing our services, and uh, you know th th this is a general medical equipment manufacturing company where an hosp a hospital or an individual can place orders, right? Medical equipment orders, right? Um, and it could be a single order, it could be a bulk order depends how uh, depending on the situation so um, you know today they are able to take these orders but they are not able to accurately tell when the order will be fulfilled but think about is that is that even a uh, is that even even a thought i mean is is that even uh, allowed in today's world when when you place an order and you don't know when it's going to be delivered so uh, that's that's the reality in this situation right and the reason why that is happening is because of their legacy data systems and and the way if i if i go a little bit more deeper into that 
you know, when you place an order to determine the fulfillment, you need to know inventory data, you need to know warehouse data, you need to know uh, assembly data, you need to know supplier data. All of these are pre-wired in a certain way, rigid way, uh, that they all are batched at the end of day, right? Or uh, in, in, in regular interval, they're not real-time available. So you cannot make real-time decisions. So you cannot determine what is the right time when the order will be fulfilled. The amount of losses, uh, loss of business this business has today is humongous because of this situation. Now we are actually helping them transform this entire data platform, uh, build a next generation data platform to actually enable that. But this is not just a problem of, uh, uh, you know, a medical equipment uh, of this medical equipment company. This is every customer we see. This is going through this rigid data systems, which are fixed capacity and fixed use cases. That's the situation today. Yeah, no, I can see, you know, like um, my wife says, I don't know which diet you're in. Um, I guess, like you said, if you're not unable to get uh, multiple data sources in and you're not able to update the latest fad as you will, how the hell will you give the consumer what they're look, looking for, right? Um, yeah, taking yeah. your, um, so, so based on what you're saying, it, it definitely is a combination of legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, combination of um, a, and and the fact that it's it's a fairly complicated problem uh, mm -hmm. in the sense it needs a lot of new data sources, new understanding. And you know, and and you know the uh, the popular saying: if I had all the time and all the money, I'll create the best experience. And you know, I know that's a uh, that's an impossibility. Also, also given that. We're, if I if I may just state yeah. also also where do you start, right? If I right. if you were to transform this, where do you actually start? This is like a mammoth of a system out there, right? It is not easy to uh, suddenly switch off and switch on something else. There are so many tentacles. These systems have tentacles everywhere in the ecosystem. So from an IT perspective, it's a massive challenge. So yeah. I'm sorry, I just yeah. uh, you can no. That's that's it's important that. Uh, folks understand that it's not that easy and you could touch one part of the system and bring something else crashing down yeah. while today you're not able to tell people when you'll give them their orders you may not be able to take orders at all because you yes. did something silly <laughs> yeah yeah it being um, what it is we don't have infinite time we don't have infinite dollars we've still got to solve this and that's what customers come to you and ask you mm -hmm. um, how how do we help our customers or if if you were to, how do we help our um, CIOs and CXOs that are listening to this episode mm -hmm. to think of first steps? Based on what you just said, it could be overwhelming and be expensive, and you don't know where the hell to start. Exactly. Yeah. This is more. This is less of a technology problem than a execution problem. I would say, right? Because you will see, you will find every possible technical tool out there. Uh, be it uh, on the cloud platforms out there or, or you know, new uh, products are coming out in the world to solve. I think there are many, many things happening out there that could be used. So it's not really a technology problem. Yeah. So let me, if I, if I have to, I mean, this is a very broad question and it's going to take probably two hours to talk about the whole thing. Um, if I, if I break it down into five but important I'm, things. You'll finish it in 
in a few minutes. Two hours, you're going to put okay. out. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk for hours on this, right? I mean, this is a this is a great topic to keep talking about. I th I think um, I I'll I'll, prop I'll break it down into five five things that come into my mind at this point in time, right? Number one is um, is identifying the business capabilities that you really want to address and prioritize them, right? Uh, you know, it's overwhelming when it comes to, uh, you know, the, it, it, if you look at the entire data ecosystem and think about transforming that, right? It's it's overwhelming. So look at business capabilities that are most important and address it business capability by business capability. And there are methods, there are, pros, there are, there are frameworks that can be applied to, to make what that happen. Would you Okay. Call a business capability, Anup. A business capability would be if I if I went to like I said, it case the example of um, uh, the medical equipment company that I gave. A business capability would be tracking the order is a capability, right? Okay. How do I track the order from the supplier all the way to assembly to the? How do you see that? If you take that as a capability, and you and you double click from there on and figure out what are the data elements that are needed to make that happen and then go from that. That's the that's the number one item, I would say, right? The number two is um, liberating data, right? Uh, so I'll give an example here, right? One of the large banks we we worked for, um, you, you know, when, when operational systems, when they make data, then they create data, it flows through system after system after system after system because everywhere it is used in certain way and it is stored in certain way. So there is humongous amount of redundancy of data across the board through the through the you know data uh, supply chain. And eventually after the date after that the data comes into a system where decisions are made, right? Decision making systems to use the data to make the decision. Typically, the uh, uh, not so good data ecosystem would be having like 50 hops of data, 50 hops, right? From the operation system, 40 to 50 hops, not so good, okay, that's a thing. There's a bank that we worked for has 1200 hops, 1200 hops. So imagine the latency of data, imagine the amount of time wow. it takes to act, arrive at a system to make decisions. Right, so this is this is humongous. So now the, the step two, I, I, again, I would not put this as steps. I think the second important thing to be considered is how do you liberate data from all these various systems and make it available as soon as possible, right? So so liberating data from the core systems, making it available for decision making, whether it is insight driven analytics or or it could be a real time decision, doesn't matter, right? So that's just a lighter question, not interruptive yeah. flow. Is there a designation like data liberators? Oh, interesting. <laughs> I would want to become one. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good good one, actually. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to bake that into my discussions with customers. Create a data liberator position. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Con continuing on the thought, right? Continue. I think the third uh, thing that comes to my mind is... Uh, uh, which we call as datanomics, right? Datanomics is is about the economics of data, right? Now, when we when we talk about data econo economics of data, people generally think about monetizing data, like how do I sell data to make money out of it, right? That's not what I mean. I mean that's part of the equation, but that's not the primary thing. Um, and what I'm really talking about is how do you derive maximum value out of data? 
how do you reduce your TCO and how do you derive maximum value out of data, right? That's what I meant by data nomics. I think it needs to be taken care of upfront, right? It, it can't be, it can't be uh, an afterthought. We have seen, and I'll talk about some experiences later, which I think are, are, uh, are, are failure situations, right? Um, and, and the fourth thing I would continue the thought is have a reference architecture. I mean, this is the easiest thing. I mean, you, you, we, in emphasis, you know, we have the uh, Zap uh, thinking, everything as a platform thinking, which connects back to my initial thought that businesses should start looking uh, themselves as platform businesses. How do you get there? So there is to be a reference architecture. We generally apply something called uh, everything as a platform Zap uh, um, thinking mindset, which brings in certain frameworks to the to the mix of things. And I cannot uh, end the discussion on this on, on enablement without talking change management. Okay, change management is so important in this whole thing because um, and that's the fifth element, right? When you talk about change management, the technology is the easiest part of technology change management, right? The process and the people are really what makes the big difference, right? And and here, I'll, in fact, there's an experience that comes to my mind. Um, there was a, um, uh, I, in fact, this is this is a failure situation as well, where we actually burnt our fingers, right? Uh, it's a learning for us, uh, wherein this for a large insurance company, uh, and we were working on their life and retirement data system, data warehouse modernization uh, exercise. So the current state, I mean, the previous state when we actually did the, uh, before we actually did the program was, this system kind of collects data, consolidates data from multiple uh, claims uh, systems and, you know, uh, payments and and various backend policy uh, administration systems and all of that data. And, and it'll get the, it gets all the data together and then, uh risk decisions are made risk exposure decisions are made on top of it and this risk exposure decision uh, uh help underwriters to quote aggressively going forward right now the problem statement that we were trying to address was this data consolidation happened like t plus one t plus two uh time so data is always two year two days older right so the risk exposure is not current, it's two days older. So the underwriters are not able to, uh, I mean, what the, the quote that underwriter would, would go go with is not really uh, current in that situation. So, you know, the accuracy, the problem, there's a huge amount of risk involved in this thing, right? So uh, we were in the process of modernizing this warehouse and we did a great job modernizing. We, we, we uh, you know, uh, told, hey, the, the upstream systems, give me data in this format and I'll take the data and use it for this thing. And they all agreed to do it, uh, except when finally we saw what data, when, when the, the data that came from these upstream systems, the, the format was not, was not correct, was in, uh, incorrect, right? So this was a change management problem, which was handled, delayed in the program. I mean, if this were handled right at the beginning, change management is something that needs to be addressed right from day one as a parallel uh, stream of work. Uh, so, so what I'm saying is that change management has uh, the process angle and the people angle and the tech angle, of course, that's the easiest part to handle. But the process angle where velocity is so important, when you're moving at the, 
at such a fast pace, you need to make sure all the dependencies are taken care and all the other systems are ready to be available when you want it to be available. I think uh, so. So that that's that's a learning. We learned this long time back, and what we did is we kind of baked in change management into our into our services right at the beginning. Uh, so that was a huge rant. So let me pause there a little bit. No, no, it's interesting, and I find it incredible that guest after guest that I have on my um, podcast tells me how technology is the easiest thing to do and people are the most difficult to deal with and you spoke about change management i had a few of our um, uh, podcasters on security a mm, few mm, weeks mm, ago mm. and they said the same thing they said everybody says technology is a problem but it's actually people processes and that's what we've got to get right so thanks for that it wasn't a rant and i think it's important that um our customers and uh, other colleagues who are embarking on the experience uh, transformation keep these five elements, as you called it, in uh, in mind. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, and it is strange, you know, getting into the call, I thought you'd speak about data lakes, data marts, about, you know, data scientists, you not any of this, correct? Uh, I'm going to um, switch gears a bit and... Um, mm -hmm. When people, when our customers think about experience, when they think about data, uh, cloud goes along with that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, what would be your advice as they as they throw cloud into the get the experience right, get the data uh, right into the mix? Um, how do you incorporate that into the thinking um, of companies? So, as I as I said, right. Um, one of the ways to look at the, I mean, I think one of the most important ways to look at uh, data transformation or data uh, ecosystem transformation uh, is to is to apply these five principles that we, uh, I mean, I should not say principles, elements uh, into the mix of things, right? And uh, have a reference architecture, right? And one of them is have a reference architecture. So when you when you uh, today uh, today's cloud ecosystems that are there, platforms that are there, whether it's Azure or AWS or GCP uh, or Oracle for that matter, right? All of them uh, have end-to-end uh, -end services, managed services and not managed services, individual capabilities that you can pick and choose from, right? So mm -hmm. uh, what, what I, what I there, and there are multiple models that people can adopt, uh, enterprises can adopt when going to cloud. For example, there are, there are, there are really a 100% cloud native kind of a kind of a model that can be adopted. Uh, if you, I mean, one of the experiences that we've had is with a large brokerage firm where they're moving their entire Teradata ecosystem to Google, right? Uh, to GCP. Now that's a hundred percent native, everything uh, on 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 that platform. Uh, but you know the other model that could be adopted is best of the breed, right? Which ends up giving you a hybrid multi-cloud kind of a uh, situation wherein you use uh, data warehouse uh, on on one cloud while data consumption and reporting on another cloud. Right, because uh, because some of them are um, uh, uh, you know great when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, consumption or reporting. When the other others are more uh, geared towards 
um, you know, specific uh, areas like warehousing, etc., warehousing or creating data mars and etc., like things like that. Uh, then there are the third category, third model where you look at uh, products like Snowflake, right? Which is which is multi-cloud. You can you can you can use Snowflake on uh, GCP or you can use Snowflake on Azure. Uh, you know, depending on how you want to take it. So that's the third kind of a model. I think it's it's the it's the challenge of the uh, uh, of a CIO to really figure out what strategy to adopt. And this strategy cannot be adopted just at a data level. It is really an enterprise strategy. And how do you go about uh, deciding uh, which cloud or which uh, pattern to follow to make this happen? What I can suggest, though, is irrespective of whatever model that uh, an enterprise chooses, it is always important to have an end-to-end -end visibility of how data is moving from one to the other to the other to the other, and that end-to-end -end visibility is is kind of um, more and more uh, is is key if you adopt a hybrid multi-cloud pattern where where things are you know spread out across multiple clouds. So th there are many considerations you want to do in that kind of a situation. I think it's a topic for a. Uh, much deeper discussion somewhere else, uh, but I would say uh, this is this is my these are my thoughts uh, on on cloud yep. and how it affects uh, data transformation. I think it's excellent. I love the fact that you went back to the five elements and you said get your reference architecture right, and everything flows from that. Correct. And the other important part, um, I'm hoping our um, viewers picked it up, was the fact that you said don't let the tail wag the dog which is don't decide what your data strategy is without deciding what your enterprise strategy is because your yeah. data strategy has to be linked to your enterprise strategy and then everything flows from there. Yeah. I, I think excellent amount of you and I could spend um, the next few hours talking about uh, data experience and why we see, you know, look at this, we started with digital transformation. I don't even know you're going down this path and this is where we are. How do and, and you know, eventually, uh, companies like Emphasis are um, SIs, consultants, mm -hmm. service providers, uh, call them whatever. How would a company engage a company like, um, how would a CIO or a, a CMO, because we're seeing a lot of CMOs also getting into the discussion, or a CXO that wants to um, think about their data strategy or is in the middle of a data strategy execution? Um, engage. Where do they engage companies like us? And so, how do they engage? Yeah. So interesting uh, thing. Uh, I, I guess um, uh, this is probably a important element to discuss on how do we engage vendors like us or emphasis, right? In general, we we um, any transformation program, uh, be it uh, data transformation or cloud transformation. Uh, digital transformation in general, we could broadly break it down into two parts, right? One is adapt, where you understand the situation and figure out dependencies, figure out all the, assess the current situation, essentially, right? Take a stake stock of things and adapt your strategy to that uh, benchmarking that you did. And then second is implant. Right. So would would companies like you do actually do the benchmarking or yes assessment? Uh, yes, we we would do that. But uh, the the we and and what we do is we we bring in various uh, automation tools. I mean, the manual adaptation is not easy, 
right? It, it, especially, I, I don't know a single company where the CMDB is accurate. We can't go to one place and say, okay, this is all you have, right? So everywhere you got to go spread out your wings, sniff around to really figure out what's there to really take care of. So what right? would be your typical engagement cycle? Days, hours? So it, it depends on the size of the uh, size of the company or size of the ecosystem that we're talking about. A you know a large, I mean I'll tell you right, for a large brokerage firm, uh, uh, I, I think uh, uh, if I if I were to take the top fifty, uh, top fifty um, Fortune five Fortune fifty companies out there, that kind of size, we're talking about uh, three months, two to three months duration of really adapt, right? Which will also mean. Uh, there will be uh, proof of architecture, proof of concepts created, a pilot uh, kind of at the end of the adapt. And implant is really an iterative thing. It's like a cycle where you define what needs to be sent. There's, there's a very important element of creating. We didn't talk too much about it. It's called creating move groups, creating small packages to really uh, move move to the cloud or modernize uh, to the cloud. So. Uh, it's it's extremely important to define this because otherwise you will have an ocean of things and you will end up nowhere, right? So you, bite size is so important, right? Figuring out what that bite size is is part of the adapt phase of the program. Now, what I've also seen is when is there a bite I, size? And I know, well, sorry for interrupting. When I speak okay. with our customers, mm -hmm. many of them pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Alango, I'm going to the board, or I've got a meeting in the next ten days." Mm -hmm. um, and so what would you recommend any bite-sized intervention that says, hey, here's a quick and dirty stuff that I'll get done. So you're at least able to think through, do some evaluation and get going. Um, is that even a possibility? Yeah, it is a possibility. As I said, right, again, going back to the five elements, the the number one element is business capabilities, right? You 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 will not do anything that is not moving the needle on the business KPI, on a business KPI. Right. That is the key. So therefore, when you define the business capability map, which a lot of enterprises have already done to a large extent, you take one capability and that could and, and enabling that capability could be a bite size. Right. Now, you obviously need to need to weigh in the risk. You need a business criticality and those elements really prioritize. And, you know, Ilango, we use design thinking to do that. Right. We use design thinking to yeah, really yeah. prioritize them and then apply a uh, strategy and our front to back strategy is exactly saying that what is the bite size that you need to take care of and how do you go about liberating data and enabling that capability. Got it. So yeah, the, 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 Sorry, the, just just to add on to that, right, to your previous question on our engagement, I think another aspect that I would want to also bring here is the fact that uh, when we do, uh, when we engage, a lot of times uh, we 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 have to end up helping the customer find the money to do this transformation, right? And in yeah. that kind of situation, we do adopt uh, zero cost transformation methods where we look at uh, existing data ecosystems and try to optimize them so as to release capital. Uh, and which essentially can fund. And if that is, as you know, capital release, release does not happen immediately. Uh, and those kind of situation, we do uh, fund uh, some of these, uh, some of these transformation, put a skin in the game. So, so what you're really saying is, hey, I can come in, help you build a business case, not just of the data strategy and technology reference architecture, but I can also help you find the business case financially. 
to be able Correct. to fund Absolutely. the transformation that you're looking at. Absolutely. Right? Excellent. Absolutely. I think that's that's good. And I hope, um, yeah, so I'll leave it to our listeners and uh, viewers to reach out to you. Uh, we will tag you on LinkedIn. So if somebody reaches out to you, Anup, make sure you respond to them because sure. my, <laughs> my, <laughs> my brand is at stake. Don't forget to look at your LinkedIn. Absolutely. Um, thank you very much. I enjoyed the conversation and I hope um, our listeners and viewers listening to you walk away a little more. It's very difficult to pick a subject like um, digital transformation and boil it down to a few minutes, but I think you did that beautifully, um, Anup. Thank you. And I'll encourage our listeners to reach out to you uh, directly if they need any um, further questions or any help on how to get this going. And I guess, Anup, you'll pick it up from there. Absolutely. Thank you, Ilango. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Until the next episode, um, stay safe. And um, if you're traveling, don't drop your uh, guard, maybe drop your mask, but be careful. We're still not out of the COVID, so stay safe and uh, stay healthy. Bye-bye.